This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance yours, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there for home loan solutions that fit your life. Rocket can. Happy Monday. I hope you had a terrific weekend. I'm going to be hanging out here with you for the next four hours. I get started at this time. 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific. I'm being joined right now by super producer and host Dave Shepard, and I'm glad that you're here. We got a lot to do. Obviously, a Monday night football matchup going on right now, this moment, this second, between the San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams. And at this moment, about five minutes left in the third, San Francisco leads 14 to six so the Rams trying to avoid going two and two on the season and San Francisco they're trying to go two and two just flat period seems like half the damn NFL is just two and two and we got to figure out who are the pretenders who are the contenders and it's still early so we have times in what is a 17 game slate speaking of that slate This is the final game of week four. Obviously, when the game is done, we're going to talk about it all. But throughout the course of the show, we're going to get into the Ravens. They know how to blow a game. It seems like they're just always winning by like 20, and then they choke it away. A team in their own division, you've got to look at the Steelers. They have finally passed the baton from Mitch Trubisky to Kenny Pickett. If you continue on last night, Sunday night football, uh, we saw Patrick Mahomes. He's like Magic Johnson with a football. We saw those Chiefs take care of the Buccaneers. We've seen the Eagles continue to just, just win games. The Giants? Giants are winners, and now they're getting ready to go to London? We saw a pretty cool London game yesterday. The Saints, the uh, They couldn't kick their way back to America. They lose to the Vikings. So we got a lot to get into. The NBA is back in preseason. More specifically, if I want to pinpoint anyone, Ben Simmons is actually playing basketball. I could tell you two highlights. I'm not watching no preseason game, but I've seen a Ben Simmons dunk, and I've seen a uh, Ben Simmons mid-range clank. And so I guess you can assume that Ben Simmons is in midseason form. Major League Baseball, their season is coming to a close in a few days. The Braves appear to be in complete control of the National League East. 
Aaron Judge. The Yankees win, but Aaron Judge doesn't have a home run. Albert Pujols, guess what he did? He hit another home run tonight, number 703. And then Albert Pujols also moved up. He is now second all-time in RBIs for a career. He passed Babe Ruth, hammering Hank Aaron, still number one. So we got a lot to do, a lot to discuss here over the next four hours. Before I do anything, before I talk to anyone, it's simple. Shep, how you doing? JR, I'm here on Monday night with you watching Monday night football. I have no complaints, my friend. How are you? I'm okay. The game could be better. You sure. know, game could be a 14-6 game. It's offenses on both sides are like blah. Now, wait a minute. I think we might have a score here. We got a field goal coming up. Yeah, we did. 14-9. to The Rams just kicked the field goal, and they got a whole quarter to come back here and try to move their record to three and one but all things considered yeah things are good Shep I I can dig it did you have a good weekend I did I did so not as good of a weekend as Albert Pujols and Yadier Merlina but I had a good weekend man thank you yeah Albert Pujols what a way to go out right Woo. he's going out hot I know he said he ain't coming back but man if I was hitting 23 home runs at 42 and uh, potentially competing for another championship I'd come back but... 24 now maybe 25 uh, tomorrow well, listen, man, he needs to, you know, maybe share some of that with, with Aaron Judge. It's He's in Texas now. It doesn't appear that, uh, I don't know, he, he still has some time left, okay? But Aaron Judge, that, that home run to to break the record, American League, number 62, it's like everybody's waiting and it hasn't come. So maybe Albert Pujols needs to share some of that. We'll, we'll get into that. I do want to start off the show here so far tonight by letting you know this. You can always holler at me. The number, it's 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4CBS. You can also follow me online. I am at JR Sport Brief on all social media. Hey, Shep, where, where can people find and follow you, man? Uh, they can find me at the Good Shepherd underscore. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Before we even got or I should say that, to start off week four of the NFL season, on Thursday night football, we saw the Dolphins and we saw the Bengals. And a big story that came out of that game on Thursday, as we basically are concluding week four right now, was the fact that Tua Tonga-Valoa went out there, played football only a couple of days after hitting his head on the turf. Dolphins said it was a back injury. He's falling and flopping around. He comes back and plays Thursday, has to, you know, hits his head on the turf again, goes to the hospital, gets on the team plane, and the Dolphins and Coach Mike McDaniel, they are just saying, listen, the doctor cleared him. What what do you want from me? I'm not going to run anybody out there to play if he's not healthy. Well, over the weekend, as I'm sure you've heard by now, that doctor, the independent evaluator, the independent neurologist who cleared Tua was fired. They were given the boot in the NFL and the Players Association on Saturday. They put out a joint statement, and they both basically said, we're going to change and adjust our concussion protocol, like right now. And it's 
it's actually something that needs to happen. I'm glad that they're not waiting for another massive head injury. Uh, anything that happens to be just even towing the line of consideration. And so that's crazy that that took place over the weekend. I'm actually surprised that they didn't even wait until Monday to go ahead and announce this because the, the, the back and forth over, well, Tua was fine. It wasn't his head. It was only his back. It's just I'm glad we got that the hell up on out the way. I mean, even the last time we spoke to Mike McDaniel, this was the latest that he gave us on Tua's status. And by the way, Tua, when they take on the New York Jets, the Dolphins next, Tua won't participate. This is what Mike McDaniel had to say. It's too early to give a definite um, timeline. I, I can comfortably say that he, he'll be out for this game um, against the Jets. But anything beyond that, um, we're, uh, again, we're just focused on making sure he's at optimal health and then crossing that bridge. So it's a little early um, for definitive timelines beyond that. Uh, yeah. That's how it should work with your damn brain. The last time I checked, you only get one. Hey, Shep, have you ever heard of a brain transplant? Has that ever worked? Not to my knowledge. Yeah, you get one. Uh, you can transplant all types of things, and maybe your body will reject it, maybe not. But a brain, you get one, you better treat it good. Remember that, that, that commercial, Shep, where they were like, hey, this is your brain on drugs, and it was an egg? Kind of. Kind of. This is your brain. I, in other words, I don't. Oh, there was a commercial from like the, I don't know, late 80s, early 90s. Like, this is your brain. It's like, this is your brain on drugs. And they showed an egg frying in a pan. Like, you you only get one. And damn it, you better take care of it. And so, I don't think anyone outside of, I guess, the fans and the media in Miami, it's like, let Tua just sit down for as long as he needs to sit down. Because there's nobody trying to sit down and watch Tua watch his head bounce off of the field. We don't, we don't need that anymore. And so it's good to know that he is not going to participate in that game against the Jets. We don't need to see him. Get well soon, Tua. Good for him. And then meanwhile, speaking of the New York Jets, I, I can't believe this. The New York Jets actually won a football game in Pittsburgh yesterday, of all places. Prior to entering into yesterday's game, the New York Jets, I think they've won one meeting out of the last 11 with the Steelers. That was until yesterday. You had a returning Zach Wilson who had a a tale of two halves. The second half, he was absolutely lighting it up. And then even speaking of lighting it up, The Pittsburgh Steelers, they actually employed their first-round draft pick, Kenny Pickett, to try to light them up in the second half of the game. Kenny Pickett's the first quarterback taken in the draft this year, number 20 overall. They were all those conversations about his hands, his hands too small, can he play in the NFL. Steelers didn't give a damn. They drafted the guy, and so we know this for a fact. He took the baton from Mitch Trubisky. Trubisky has just been babysitting the position, not able to get the ball down the field. He's been a crap, quote-unquote, game manager. And so Kenny Pickett comes on to start the half yesterday. The Steelers were down 10-6. They ended up going up 20-10 before the Jets scored two touchdowns uh, late in the game. 
And Kenny Pickett, sure, first time he threw three INTs, but he also provided a spark. Just two rushing TDs. He went out there and showed life, enough life, that Mike Tomlin basically said, yes, next game, Kenny Pickett will be out there as our starter. When it comes down to why Kenny Pickett even started the second half yesterday and not Trubisky to finish things out, listen to Coach Tomlin. He's always fun to listen to. I thought we needed a spark, man. We didn't do much um, in the first half, uh, not enough offensively, and you know thought he could provide a spark for us. Yeah, well, you spark things up so much, he's going to be starting the next game. How about we hear from Kenny Pickett? How did you feel on your, your debut against the Jets? Wanted to come in there and get the win. Uh, so that's really just the emotion. Just disappointed we didn't come out uh, with the outcome we worked so hard for. Um, you know, definitely something that you know we need to learn from and move on. Yeah, it's the Jets. I guess uh, Coach Salah will be running around talking about uh, the receipts and all the teams that thought that they were no good. I still think the Jets are no good. We just now have to see what happens with Zach Wilson. And so this sounds crazy. It almost sounds dirty to say. The Steelers have a record of one and three. Yeah, we all knew this was going to be a a developmental year for the Steelers, and we still have time. We don't think they're going to go to the playoffs. We know they're not going to win a championship. But damn, one and three. I know all my friends in, in, in Pittsburgh, they ain't anticipating this. They're not feeling this. It won't get any easier. Because the next game for Kenny Pickett and the Steelers, it's going to be against Buffalo. Yeah, good luck trying to outscore them. That might be a complete ass-whooping, and I'm sorry. My apologies. Everybody in Pittsburgh, y'all about to be one and four. It's a disaster. Speaking of a disaster, I don't know what the hell is going on with the Ravens, we're going to talk about them on the other side of the break. 855-212-4CBS. Before we do that, Chris is here from Toronto. What's up, Chris? How are you, buddy? Great show as always, man. Love to listen to the show. Um, I want to talk about Albert Pujols quickly. I, I, I really I can't believe what he's doing, man. You know? And one of the things you have to say about him is this, you know, to hit 703 homers and, and now pass Bruce for, for the most RBIs, like, like I mean, that is sustained greatness, you know what I mean, over such a prolonged career. I, I remember, you know, two two points I'll make quickly was uh, I remember somebody asked Tiger Woods, you know, what's the definition of greatness? And his definition was sustained greatness over a prolonged period of time. You know, everybody can play great on a Friday, but let's see you play great over the weekend, over a season, over eight uh, years, you know. So I, I think it's crazy to see what he's doing. And uh, the other day, I was just kind of searching around YouTube when you're kind of bored, and I, and I watched Albert Pujols' first home run, mm-hmm. and the color commentator says, wow, that's a great home run. I've seen this guy at batting practice. He can really hit him out. He's got great plate awareness. I have a feeling this is not the first home run we're going to see this guy make. And little do we know that's number one of 703 home runs coming up, man, you know, right? So... Just great to see that sustained greatness, you know? Yeah, no, he, he was he was great to watch and fun to watch from the beginning because watching Albert Pujols play baseball, 
he seemed always that he was, especially earlier on in his career, when he got out to Los Angeles uh, or Anaheim, I should say, and, and, and signed that contract, he was, I don't want to say a shell of himself, but injuries uh, kind of took over. But in that early half of his career, he was just like a grown man playing baseball against his sons. He was absolutely abusive to the opposition, whoever was on the mound at that time. And so to see his career end in such a way, uh, it's, it's awesome. Because for as many years as he's been in the forefront, you've never heard a negative word. You've never seen a negative story. Uh, he's been a class act. And, and that, just, that, that, that just punctuates what he's been able to do out there on the baseball field. So I, I, I'm with you, Chris. It's amazing what he's done. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not done. Do I think the Cards are going to go out there and win a World Series? No. No, I don't. Uh, but the, the more at-bats that we see from Albert Pujols to end this, uh, I'd say the better. One of the things I, I, I think, and you give me your opinion, is like, and, and I mean no disrespect to Albert Pujols because I'm talking so great about him, but I mean, at his age, like he, his, his, his talent has to be diminished. So he's up there hitting like that because he's arguably probably one of the smartest hitters in all of baseball, man, to be able to continue doing that. Yeah, I, I think, I think it, it, part of it has to be health. I think there's a, a, a feeling of finality from him. You, you nailed it. He was always a smart hitter. I just think over the past few years, his body didn't always uh, cooperate. I mean, even for the Dodgers last year in, in limited action after he was, you know, kind of going from the Angels to the Dodgers, he still had power. And so it's it's not a shock. Is he going out there and batting 340 and driving in 140 and 40 home runs? No. Uh, no, he's not. But we still know he's an excellent hitter at 42. And I, I guess this is the way he'll go out. Uh, if, if he were to play a full season next year, it wouldn't surprise me if he was crap at any point in time because, you know, baseball, sometimes you have it, sometimes you don't. And right now he has it. And it's an amazing way for him to go out. Much love to, to, to Albert Pujols as he just, just keeps on rolling, man. 703 home runs, now second all-time in RBIs. Kudos to him. Aaron Judge, man, you're, you're on the clock. You got to get to number 62. What are we waiting on? It's the JR Sport Brief Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. Unfortunately, when we come back from break, I told you, just Steelers, not looking good. It's a downtime. I'm going to tell you about another team in their own division. They ain't looking good as well. And I guess they might be approaching a down downturn too. They, they out here choking away games. Talking about the Ravens. It's the JR Sport Reef Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. We'll talk about those chokers when we come back. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio.
JR wants to hear from you. Call him now at 855 212 4CBS. That's 855 212 4227. It's the JR Sport Reach Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. Right before we went to break, we talked about the awesomeness of Albert Pujols. In another Cardinals victory tonight, he hits home run number 703. He moves into second place all time when it comes to career RBIs. He jumped above Babe Ruth. Not too shabby. That just sounds that sounds crazy to even say. Like every time I say the name Babe Ruth, I go, and I got made up. He's, he's fake, right? This guy was about 100 years ago. He's not even a real person. He's just some mythical cartoon character. And so when you say, oh, he passed Babe Ruth, you just go, damn. Aaron Judge, you know, a couple weeks ago, oh, he ties and passes Babe Ruth, passes his 60 home runs in the American League. So Babe Ruth is somewhere going, damn, y'all are tearing my stuff up. Anyway, speaking of getting toe up, oh, man. The Steelers getting tore up all over the place. The team that happens to compete in the division with them, the Baltimore Ravens, I have no idea what's going on with them. They're getting tore up too. Coach Harbaugh is having to defend himself almost like a, a, a second consecutive year because of how aggressive he is. And what am I talking about? Yesterday, the Buffalo Bills, beat the Baltimore Ravens the final score 23 to 20. This sounds like an ongoing situation and story for the Ravens because Buffalo trailed 20 to 3 in the second quarter. They came back to win. It's the largest Bills comeback since 2011. They were tied 20 all in the fourth quarter. The Ravens were right there on the goal line. They they missed an opportunity to score on two runs. And there you have it, fourth down. The game is tied, 20-all. What the hell do you do? Kick a field goal, right? No. Coach Harbaugh wanted to, he wanted to go for six. And Lamar Jackson, he threw a pass. It was intercepted, taken down for a touchback. And then the Buffalo Bills, what do they do? They're able to go down and score and kick. And there you have it. And people in Baltimore are saying, what are you doing? We saw this last year, I think about twice, where Coach Harbaugh was being so aggressive and he missed an opportunity on points. And it's, it's always good in hindsight. It's always good to talk about after the fact. Well, it didn't work. You tried it. You should have did this. Well, I think Coach Harbaugh, he's just going to have to just flat start taking the points. The bigger issue for the Ravens is, damn, y'all keep blowing these leads. It was only a couple of weeks ago, remember this, against the against Miami? Tua Tonga-Valoa, four touchdowns in the fourth quarter. They ended up losing 42-38. to 38. So Baltimore has a meeting with Cincinnati up next, and this just it doesn't look good for Baltimore. Even even the offensive numbers in general for the game, and yes, it was wet. The weather was terrible. 
the remnants of Hurricane Ian or Ian were just up and down the East Coast. Lamar Jackson finished the day with 144 yards, one touchdown, two INTs. It wasn't like Josh Allen had any better of a game, although he, he got the victory. 213 yards, one touchdown, one INT. And they both rushed for about 70 yards between Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson uh, individually. It's just that the Ravens cannot play a complete football game. And so when it comes down to what the hell happened at the end of the game, Lamar Jackson, he explained the interception. I was fine with it, you know, because if we would have executed that, we would have scored a touchdown. That one didn't be no question right now. No, nobody wouldn't be disappointed. Next time we'll get it. What did you see in front of you on, on, on that play? What? Tall, tall defensive lineman. You know, they was had their hands up, and you know, I'm trying to see what's going on. My guy, see the routes open. I seen Duve in the corner late. If I was able to see him, like, right off the bat, that would have been a touchdown. And were you already throwing the ball the other way when, when you saw him? or? No. You said you saw Duvernay, you said you saw Duvernay late. Yeah. So, so, you're, so you're just saying. I was letting the play. Him de- a few seconds I was letting the play develop, you know, and then the, line, the lineman was had his hands up, getting bull rushed a little bit in my peripheral, so I couldn't really, like, just see what was going on when I play breaking down, try to get back some more. I seen him late. You know, sometimes I feel like Lamar Jackson can't win for anything. What the hell do you want this guy to do? Yeah, he threw an interception. He's he's improved as a passer. He's telling you he wanted to see the play develop. He's constantly criticized for trying to just run all the time. Coach Harbaugh says, listen, man, we going for for six and forget the field goal. Okay, yeah, you can ask him for an explanation, but, I mean, damn. Lamar Jackson, by the way, named the AFC Offensive Player of the Month, as he should be. There's always going to be folks who just – Find an issue with him, man. You do an interception. You suck. You're not a quarterback. You're a running back who throws the ball. This man can't catch a break. Let's see what happens in this next divisional matchup. As Baltimore takes on a team that is showing some life in the Cincinnati Bengals. Starting off 0-2, moving their record to 2-2. Baltimore's record is 2-2. It's like half the damn NFL. It's 2-2. And so we just have to wait a while. Meanwhile, you have the Buffalo Bills. They have a comeback here against the Ravens. And if you take a look at their schedule and who they face next, they have an opportunity to beat up on Pittsburgh. And so expect the Buffalo Bills to move their record to 4-1. and And God knows what we have to get out of the Ravens. Maybe they'll get a lead against the Bengals and maybe hold it. Not looking too good right now. It's the JR Sport Reef Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. Oh, we have an update on Monday Night Football. So we'll get that update. On the other side, I have to update you, unfortunately, on the Denver Broncos. And then I also have some something interesting to share with you about Chino Smith. It's the JR Sport Brief Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio.
listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. I do think you're one of the best people in radio right now, hands down. I've heard everybody. You got the gift, and I appreciate, you know, your intelligence and your honesty. Call in now at 855-212-4CBS. It's the JR Sport Brief Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. I know Emmanuel Barbari just came through with an excellent, excellent news update. Here's another update. Since he delivered that news and information, we just got to pick six. Or at least we being the 49ers. Matthew Stafford decided to throw a touchdown to the wrong team. And now with a little more than six minutes left in the game, the San Francisco 49ers lead the Rams 24 to nine that's 24 to nine and the Rams are going to have to hope for uh, a touchdown themselves maybe a little bit of defensive help maybe a pick six a fumble a onside kick they're going to have to hope for something just to get a, a victory here the Rams right now have a record of two and one San Francisco is one and two Jimmy Garoppolo obviously at the helm you know Trey Lance he's done That ankle is cooked. Now we have to wait and see. Matthew Stafford in the fourth quarter this season, three interceptions. Last season, zero. And now we've seen this. Lions fans have seen this. Matthew Stafford throwing the ball to the wrong team. Damn it, even Rams fans have seen this. But we know what took place last year. They ended up winning a championship. So no harm, no foul. Not right now to start the season off, though. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4CBS. You know, right before we went to break, we talked about the Ravens. How they're blowing leads, blowing chances, blowing opportunities. And I do want to talk to you about, well, we know the Raiders. They, they've been blowing a lot of chances and opportunities, too. Except for yesterday. The Raiders actually came away with the victory. They beat the Broncos, who are now obviously led by Russell Wilson. And the Raiders, they're no longer in a field by themselves. They got a W. They're not the biggest losers in the NFL. They have a record of 1-3. The Broncos now fall to 2-2. This game basically went down to the wire. At one point, Russell Wilson was able to run in a touchdown and and make the game 25 to 23 in a fourth. But then Josh Jacobs, who had an amazing game, you know, he was able to rush in for a touchdown before the two minute warning, and that was all she wrote. And so the Broncos lost to the Raiders 33, or excuse me, 32 to 23. Josh McDaniels, who used to work for Denver, he got himself a victory. Good for him. Josh Jacobs, 144 yards. I told you about a touchdown. He had another one for two total. Raiders sacked Russell Wilson three times. We know sacks are one of the things that Russell, he didn't particularly care for when he was in in Seattle. And uh, I guess the Raiders should enjoy the victory while they can because they have to face Kansas City on Monday. But knowing that this is the Raiders, it might be a shootout. Maybe they take a victory. Maybe they choke at the end. You never know what you will get when it comes down to the Raiders. And for the Broncos, you just heard Emmanuel Bobari. I mean, Russell Wilson is now dealing with a shoulder issue. They're going to host the Colts 
on Thursday. And so Russell Wilson has a busted shoulder on Sunday. He has to turn around and play on Thursday. And it's just it's a wild situation. You still got a rookie head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, and people are hacking away at his, at his play calling. And then I know there's a lot of people who look at Seattle and go, whoa, they got the same record as the Broncos. And Geno Smith, he ain't playing too shabby. Nathaniel Hackett has had to do a lot of apologizing and explaining early on in his tenure as head coach of the Broncos, and it's, it's no different than yesterday. He talked about these, these field situations that they end up in having to go all the way just to score. This is what he had to say. We can't go backwards, obviously, especially with some of those penalties and things like that. I thought that was a great one. I mean, at one point, I think we were first and 30, battled back and scored on that drive. So the guys are still um, battling through that. But those are things, those are self-inflicted wounds. You know, whether uh, it's a blocking pattern we're messing up and going backwards or um, a sack, any of those things, we just have to, we got to get better. Hey, Shep, people are, I I mean, people are going to hate this guy for a long time. Makes Brandon Staley look like Vince Lombardi. Yeah, he's... I I hope they – well, I want to see him improve. I would like to see it. I don't know if it will happen. And, by the way, this is is not going to help matters. Uh, Javante Williams, as you just heard in the news, he's out for the year, torn ACL. And so, you know, typically the Broncos employ a a two-back front, not having the better of the backs available, I think is obviously going to hurt them. And Russell Wilson, he, he had a decent game yesterday, 237 yards, two touchdowns. I told you about that rushing TD. That almost brought them back into the game, at least broke the score uh, down to two. But it's it, you know you live in the twilight zone. When people are talking about Geno Smith and how Russell Wilson is gone, but Geno Smith so far this year is – has played better, and Geno does have better numbers, all things considered. Six touchdowns total for the year Geno has. Russell Wilson has four. 1,037 yards, Russell Wilson 980. Not a large discrepancy there. And even the Seahawks, they got into a shootout yesterday with the Detroit Lions, who the Lions don't play no type of defense. Zero. And Geno Smith. 320 yards passing yesterday. Two touchdowns. That's just in the air. Rashad Penny, he was able to go out there. He rushed for 151 yards and two touchdowns. And so the the Lions weren't doing a damn thing to stop anybody. On the ground, in the air, it did not matter. And so the Seahawks, they have a record of two and two. I know it's early. It's the same record as the Broncos. And of course, the comparisons to Russell and Geno have already started. And I feel like it's a little bit of a joke. Not for Geno Smith, though, knowing that they beat Detroit by a field goal. That's what Geno had to say about finishing up. One thing we talked about all week was uh, we, we have been starting fast, but not finishing strong. And so uh, we, we really talked about finishing strong today. Uh, 
you know, hats off to their defense. They did a great job of mixing the looks, giving us a bunch of different challenging looks. But overall, I think we handled it well with the crowd noise. Our communication was great. Um, you know, the line played awesome again. Um, and, you know, they're just continuing to be better and better every week, which is a, such a positive sign. And then overall, man, our playmakers showed up. The running game showed up. Uh, I think we kept the penalties down for the most part. So, you know, whenever you can do that and keep the chains moving, um, you're going to have a lot of yards and points. And, and, and good for them. And when I say them, the Seahawks, good for them and good for Geno. This man hasn't been this good since, I don't know, West Virginia. Hey, Shup, I'm expecting that guy who calls like once every, I don't know, he calls once a year. And he talks about how Geno is like the, the greatest thing since, since God gave us, I don't know what, electricity, light, water, <laughs> bread. Right. Well, it will be twice the year after tonight. Oh, yeah. He, this is the cold. time to call. This, you know, the stock right now, you know, it, it should be at an all-time high for Geno Smith. And who knows? I, I mean, next week, the Seahawks are going to take on the Saints. I know that uh, that that's a, a sucky way to lose, a, a double-doink field goal in in UK, in the U.K., and now you got to get on a plane. Uh, so, obviously, New Orleans is going to try to turn things around. We don't know the full status of, of Jameis Winston, Alvin Kamara, et cetera. And um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Seahawks beat them and went three and two. And then we have to have another week of Genomania. I mean, all things considered, the Seahawks will take on the Saints. They could beat them. Arizona, we know Arizona is prone to choke. You got the Chargers. I don't know if they're beating the Chargers, especially if Herbert is healthy. He won yesterday. Uh, the New York Giants, surprisingly decent teams that they've played have sucked they don't play a team that i would say is probably absolutely going to beat them until the middle of november it's tampa bay Uh, but let's be real here geno smith ain't the guy for seattle and it's almost comical that even at this point of the season we get the uh the comparisons of we don't need russell and look at russell and geno the numbers are almost the same and we don't need this and from the case of of Russell Wilson, I mean, that man ain't thinking about what's going on in Seattle. He's thinking about his inexperienced head coach. He's thinking about the injuries that have already taken place. And if there's one thing he can uh, find solace in is that he has already gotten his contract extension. And I got to be honest here. I-, I think there are a lot of people, and correct me if I'm wrong, Shep, like there's a lot of folks who are just sick of Russell Wilson. They're just tired of the guy by now. I think, and me included, I'm just like, you know what? If this guy loses, has a bad season, I don't, I don't care. I think, I think his how he has presented himself over the past year or so has just turned a lot of people off. No. I think that's I think that's fair. It, it, it's almost like robotic. It, it's this too good to be true um, quarterback that that seems to take the high road, um, you know, v- very very superficially. And I, and Jr. Listen, we got to be real about Russell Wilson. Um, he looks thirty two going on forty two. He can't move. He's not running around the same way that he used to. Not even close. I mean, I remember this guy was a wizard with the football, and he was impossible to bring down to the ground. Now it seems like he's an easy target. And not to mention the fact that, J.R., and you alluded to this beforehand, because Russell Wilson was not happy. He was not satisfied with the protection that he had last year. But listen, the guy was 6-8. and eight. 
So he's coming in a losing quarterback last season. He has a better record now at 2-2 two and two than he did last year, believe it or not. So this is not the Russell Wilson from 2014-2015. Yeah, and, and we've, we've heard that these, these were the, the concerns over the past several years with the, the Seahawks is that you had a, a, a segment of the organization who looked at Russell Wilson and said, oh, this guy ain't going to move the way that he used to. And then there was another group who said, oh, no, we can, we can still roll with him and win. And when it came down to it, we, we saw what happened. He's gone. He's in Denver. Uh, Seahawks have Geno Smith. I, I certainly don't believe Geno Smith is the, the long-term answer in Seattle. He's pretty much a stopgap. But you, you got to give Geno Smith credit for what he's been able to do so far here to start the season. And for Russell Wilson, man, I, I, I'm expecting the Broncos to just just be average this year. You got 17 games. If they won eight or nine games, I think eight might be a little bit more of the reality. Then you just got to chalk it up to this is Russell Wilson's first year. This is Nathaniel Hackett's first year. Let's just be happy that we we finished that even. What the hell happens next season? I think that's when the pressure really comes on, unless Nathaniel Hackett just completely sucks the rest of this year. Yeah, JR, he's not playing in a division where two of the three best quarterbacks reside or anything like that. Oh well, we yeah, we know it's <laughs> tough. Yeah, I don't listen, if I'm Russell Wilson, I'm looking at this year. Because it's only gonna get more daunting in the years to come. No. Youth is not on his side. It is on the side of Mr. Mahomes and Mr. Herbert. Yeah, no, the, the AFC West is absolutely ridiculous. If if they want to find a silver lining in anything, it's that the Raiders are just, they're the Raiders. They got a big win this weekend, though. Yeah, they got a big win this weekend, but you know, when am I going to see the offensive line collapse for the Raiders? Uh, when, is, when is Derek Carr going to throw a crippling interception? You know, Derek Carr will look great one week, and then he'll look pedestrian the next. And there's, there's unfortunately always something with the Raiders. I'm not even going to – well, I guess I am by mentioning this. You know, when is someone going to do something ridiculous away from the field? I mean, these are unfortunately Raider-esque things. And so knowing that the Raiders finally got a victory yesterday and they're only, only one in three – you know, was that helps out the Broncos. And I assume the Raiders will go one and four. They got Kansas City on Monday. It's the JR Sport Re Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. We'll update you on Monday Night Football. Talk some baseball and basketball on the other side as well. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.